Second and Victory Podcast. The Tennessee Titans are 1-0. and oh. It was sloppy, it was good, it was sloppy, and then it was good again. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Second and Victory Podcast, powered by Broadway Sports. Brett Batchel here alongside my guy, Chris Carter. Chris, what's up? How are we doing tonight? How's it going? Uh, missing our boy Austin tonight. He's on vacation. Yep. Uh, but me and you are taking, taking the shit. For sure, for sure, for sure. Going to roll through it for sure. I know Austin's having a great time down there at the beach. I know I was down there last weekend. Hurricane going through right there right now. So hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. But we're here to talk about the Titans right now. And Chris, like we started, sloppy, good, sloppy, good. But man, the Titans are 1-0 and that's all that matters right now. You know, it was uh, it was one of those games where uh, I don't I, I don't really miss Titans games. I try to I try to watch every game, and uh, about ten thirty last night, I asked myself, "Man, did I did I should I go to bed?" Like <laughs> it, it just kind of it kind of felt like one of those situations where I was going to regret staying awake for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. 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 Uh, luckily, I didn't. Uh, stayed up for the whole thing, and and was very glad that I did. Oh, of course, um, and I mean we're not we're not used to these nine fifteen kicks. We're not we're not we're not used <laughs> to national television games either. Um, <laughs> exactly. But um, you know it was it was a an interesting game. Um, I think when you really look at some of the components of the game overall, um, it may have not been as bad as it felt like it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean we we left 10, 10 points on the field. Uh, yep. with three missed field goals and an extra point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's a that's a 26 to, to 14 win right there. That and it makes it a, look whole a lot, lot better. better. Yeah, a whole, a whole lot better. Lot better. Um, well, that that, that kind of takes us into into one of the points. You know, we we got a couple we can bounce around on, but you, you, you talk about those missed kicks, and that's obviously the hot topic around Nashville this week and, and all around Middle Tennessee. If you go and look through Gostowski's game last night, Second drive of the game for the Titans. They move down the field. They take some nice time off the clock. Get down to a 47-yard field goal. This one misses wide right. So that goes through. He makes the extra point after the Michael Pruitt touchdown in the second quarter. But then as we start to end the first half, we got a 43-yarder. That one's blocked. I think it was by Shelby Harris, I believe. So that one gets blocked. And if you notice a couple of times, too, there were a couple of batted balls down the line last night. So Denver had, did, did a really good job about getting up and over the offensive line. But so there's two that's missed. The, the blocked field goal, not, not as much on Gostowski. But then you get into the third quarter. He's got the 42-yard field goal. He misses that one wide left. Then you have the Johnny Smith touchdown after the Titans converted on fourth and one to go up and take the lead. They're up 13-7, misses the extra point. So that's four kicks in a row. And like they were saying on the broadcast last night, this is a glorified kicker. And like this is a, a, a easily Hall of Famer when it comes to kickers, one of the greatest of all time, and definitely – not something you expected to when he comes and just plays for a different team this time in Nashville instead of New England. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, I think, so I think I saw the stat last night before last night's game, he was the fifth most accurate kicker in NFL history. And yep. then after he missed the third field goal, he was the eighth most accurate kicker. in NFL history. <laughs> um, Which is really crazy to think about that. He dropped yep. three spots on a list uh, in, in one, one night, uh, yeah, especially literally. as long as he's, I mean, he's been only 14 years. Long time. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was tough. I mean, we were texting about this, and it's just – it's hard to fathom 
how unlucky our team is with with field goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over the last seventeen games, uh, seventeen regular season games, um, you know we we went through five kickers last year. Um, <laughs> we we know that there there was some uh, some issues early on with suck up that that yep. his injuries just uh, lingered di- didn't allow him to to be the kicker that we know he he was capable of being. Uh, and then we brought in all those other guys, and there was just no stability at the position. Um, and, you know, I was I was mad last night at Goskowski. <laughs> uh, I think we all were pretty mad at Goskowski. But, you know, I think it speaks volumes of his character and his ability that he was able to come out and, and yeah. get that game-winning field goal after missing, sure. missing those three plus the extra point. Um to, to have him to have a, a kicker of his caliber who can overcome the adversity that he overcame I think is is more beneficial than having a, a young guy you know yeah hit, hit two or four um that's that's kind of I was going to say you talk about the young kickers do you give Gostowski one more week and let him play the Jacksonville game or do you think we possibly see Tucker McCann being called up in the practice squad here soon I think Oskowski gets one more week. I mean, he, he got he got a nice payday to be the kicker for this team. Yeah. Um, and it's already guaranteed because he's been on the team for, for one week now. So, um, I, I think he gets another week. I think Vrabel believes in him. Um, I, I think any coach would believe in him, honestly, with, with his, with his resume. Sure. And um, he's, just not, he's just not the kind of kicker you move on from. I mean, we saw it with Colts last year. Vinatieri was – awful and the Colts <laughs> stuck by him and and you know uh, they want they wanted him to find his rhythm and, and get back uh get back to the caliber that mm-hmm. he was capable of um so you know I think I think Rabel's gonna definitely stick by Goskowski another week and, and hopefully it's for the rest of the season because we we know that he can be that dependable kicker we just need we need him to be that dependable kicker well, Gostowski had a slow start to the game last night, and, and so did the Titans. The Titans, it took them a while to get on the board offensively, and then defensively kind of had a slow start as well. You know, the Broncos did punt on their first drive, but their second drive, you see one of the leaders on the defense, on the defensive side of the football, Rashawn Evans throw a punch. It was, I mean, more of an open face punch, but it was definitely something to the head and shoulder area, to the neck area, something that you definitely can't do and that we, we thought he was probably going to get ejected for, which he ended up getting disqualified from the game. But even before that, the Titans had two penalties on their first drive of the game and ended up having to punt. Their second drive, they missed the field goal. And then the third drive, the third time that the Titans are on the field is when Rashawn Evans gets disqualified from the game. A very slow start from the Titans and definitely something that you don't like to see from somebody like Rashawn Evans on the field. Yeah, I mean, we we were already down a Dory uh, on that defense. Um, don't have a ton of depth at that inside linebacker. You know, I saw a tweet last night and I think I shared it with you guys was it was something like oh yeah Will Compton's back on the Titans yay oh Will Compton's in the game at inside linebacker oh no um, <laughs> you know it's and that's not anything against Will Compton but right you know he, he's not Rashawn Evans oh um, no no and and to not have a guy that practically led the team in tackles last year um you know, to not have a guy of his caliber out there because of a, a boneheaded mistake that mm-hmm. we've never really seen him make. Never, never. Um, that's that's the really strange thing about it. Like, he, he doesn't seem to, to be the type that's ever really lost his cool. No. Nope. And for him to do that that early in the game, um, 
it's just it's something that can't happen. Um, you know, he's a he's a first round pick. He's a starting middle linebacker. He's the green dot. Like he's a guy that this team heavily leans on, and to to do something like that, um, you know, he's he's definitely going to have to get back in the good graces of his teammates. I'm sure because sure. they can't be happy with with that decision. If you look at the offensive side of the football, as you said, the Titans could have easily won this game. 26 to 14. It was 16 to 14. And at times, yes, it was a little sloppy for the Titans and this offense. But if you look at some of the stats, the Titans had 78 total plays on offense. They had a lot of extended drives down the field. The Titans held the ball for 32 minutes and 40 seconds on the clock. You know, I mean, Ryan Tannehill threw for 249 yards. Derrick Henry ran for 116 yards. So it, it really wasn't as bad as it looked except for the final score ended up just being two points aside, 16 to 14. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like time of possession is not something we usually win. Um, so, so to, to have that time of no. possession uh, lean our way and to have, I think we had 19 or 20 more plays on offense than the Broncos did. Um, yes. So to have, uh, to have that, that level of, of, um, of difference in, in possession, um, I mean, like like we said, the score should have been a lot better than it was. Uh, but this offense has to put put it in the end zone more often too, especially especially holding the ball for thirty three minutes almost. Like you just have to have uh, you have to have touchdowns uh, off of that kind of possession. I think we'll be able to see that though, because I think that the way this offense is built now, it's sustained for long drives, like we said. And Dan Orlovsky and and the Monday Night Crew and. NFL Live and all that, I mentioned it yesterday multiple times heading into the Monday night game that this Titans offense is starting to be built different. Some A type of offense that can consistently win these time of possession games. When you Because we saw the Titans, the Titans had eight different people catch the football last night. And you saw the tight ends really get involved. You saw ASAP Ferg and Jonu and Michael Pruitt all have receptions. And you saw Corey and you saw Adam and you saw AJ and Derek. All of these guys had receptions. They even threw it to Jeremy McNichols a couple of times before he had his helmet just ripped off his head. So being able to, to, to move the ball around, I think definitely helps the Titans with these long sustained drives and win time of possession more and more and more throughout the season. I agree. Uh, you know, you said, uh, you talked about the involvement of the tight ends. And I thought that was huge. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we haven't even got to, to the wide receivers yet, but that conversation about the tight ends, we have – three guys who are more than capable of catching the ball. Uh, and and they showed it last night. You know, Jonu is probably going to be the breakout tight end in the NFL this yeah. year. He just has all the tools. Uh, and he's in position uh, to, to kind of be that guy for us. Um, but, you know, Pruitt, Pruitt's body control on that touchdown was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get turned around and also hold on to the ball that way, uh, that was a laser it was. That was a bullet. And a short distance laser at that. And, uh, you know, the, it, it was really nice to see a guy like like Pruitt uh, step up in that position and, and hang on to that ball and get us that, that first touchdown of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, Ferks made a couple of good plays. Obviously, uh, Swain was, was inactive, so right. we didn't get to see anything of him. But we know he's more of a, a blocking tight end uh, than anything. Right. Um, but to have three your top three – tight ends all be uh, receiving threats, and especially in the red zone, uh, is very, very impressive. 
Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to see what that group kind of puts together as a, as a total package for the season. Especially with the Titans being the number one red zone offense last year as well. You have three guys like that. And then we saw the Titans tried to go back shoulder fade to AJ to end the game last night in the corner. Just a little bit of an overthrow from Tannehill. And, and speaking of Tannehill, the guy that's, that's feeding the tight end and the receiver, receiver these balls, kind of looking at his stats, you know, he 29 of 43 for 249 yards and two touchdowns is, is a pretty solid night. Got him, yeah. got him a 97.9 QBR. He was only sacked one time, and that one was kind of on him, like they mentioned. He just he stepped up in the pocket and didn't see him coming back after Lewan. Lewan finished his block, just came back downhill on, on to Tannehill. The one thing that, that I did have on Tannehill was he really got away with the bad interception that he threw. Yeah. He got Alexander Johnson, who had a fantastic night for the Broncos, by the way. He's got the green dot now over there in Denver. He made it just a kind of a boneheaded play, hitting Derek onto the side, and Derek was completely out of the play. And I think that right there, and then Kevin Byard's uh, forced fumble that was picked up by Jeffrey Simmons were two of the major, major turning points in the football game. I agree. Um, you know, Kevin Kevin tweeted this morning and said, took me five years, but I finally got a forced fumble. <laughs> um, right. You know, he, he, uh, he just – he's a guy that we know is there to make a play. Um, yep. So the, we can say nothing but good things about Kevin Byard. Um, but, you know, going, going back to Tannehill getting bailed out, that was a bad throw um, yes. that a rookie made a really good play on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you said, he was uh, – Tannehill got bailed out by it. Um, but it was, it was a, a mistake that he can't make as a, as a veteran in the NFL and, and a franchise quarterback that we yeah. have made him. Um, but I do think in that situation that there was miscommunication with Khalif Raymond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that happened on multiple occasions last night. I, which is, I agree. I agree. It's very, it's very worrisome that, um, a guy uh, that has been talked up quite a bit in Khalif, oh, yeah. uh, and is our number four wide receiver, um, was making those mistakes. I think he had two drops, uh, yep. and then one, one that, third down. One, one on third down, and then that key miscommunication that almost led to a, to an interception uh, had it not been for a penalty. Um, those are things that, that can't happen. Um, and, and to me, Khalif is kind of showing why he hasn't been a key contributor on offenses in the NFL yet. Especially when you're filling in a role like Tajay. Tajay Sharp was a reliable fourth receiver. At least he was to me. He wasn't going to get eight, ten receptions a game. He wasn't going to get eight, ten targets. But when you threw it to him, he was either going to get a first down or he was going to catch it. Exactly. Yep. So he was always a reliable fourth, uh, fourth receiver and, and third down guy. The guy that's receiving the ball from Ryan Tannehill in the backfield, that is Derrick Henry, the king. He's already second in the league in rushing. 31 carries he had last night. And it really looked like it, it looked like Derrick Henry probably ran for, for 50 yards. But in last year, he only ran for 27, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28 in Denver. Last time he only had 15 carries, though, and the Titans were switching from Mario to two Tannehill in that game, which was the worst game of the Titans season last year. This year, though, 3.7 yards per carry, but he got up to 116 yards. So it, I, I noticed for a while it took him a long time to get going, but once he did, he started to get four- and five-yard carries. But that's the, the, the good thing about Derek Henry is his size and the statues. You can afford to give it to him 30-plus times if you absolutely have to. Yeah, and I don't want to. Um, no, I, I want no. I want I want Derrick Henry to be filling it in week sixteen and not bogged yes. down. Um, 
you know, Derek, I think one of the key things of Derek getting 31 carries last night was the, the injury to Darrington Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think Derek, Derek sees uh, as much of the field as he had to last night. I think he also had uh, 12 routes run uh, yeah, or lot. something like that, which is, which is very unusual. I think that's a career high for him. Um, bubble screens as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so to, to have him get that kind of workload in the first game of the season, I don't think – uh, is is uh, healthy uh, or sustainable, um, but I think once Darrington is is back and um, and can kind of take some of that workload, I think you know I don't see Derek getting thirty carries every game. I, I just I, I think a lot of that's going to be handed off to Darrington. Also found it interesting that a few times that Derek was taken out of the game uh, for a breather, they put Johnu back there. They did. They did. Um, I think there was one drive uh, where he may have been lined up at running back three times on one drive. Yep. yep. Um, and we know he's capable. I mean, we've seen him do it before. Uh, right. John is a guy that can play uh, pretty much all over the offense. Um, and he's and he's built a lot like Derek. He too. is. So, um, I found that really interesting that they kind of decided to roll with John New back there over uh, putting Blossom Game or Sonoris Perry, the, you know, the, the two mm-hmm. – beefier backs that we have um back there you know McNichols did get some run uh we saw that we saw the like you mentioned the the helmet getting uh jerked off his head (laughs) mouthpiece (laughs) which was crazy somehow yeah yeah the mouthpiece staying in it just like (laughs) it just you can see it just snap too um very crazy but um I just found it really interesting that they they decided to give John a run over over those other guys there was one point last night when he lined up at running back that, first off, I wasn't surprised, like you said, because we had seen it before. But there was a couple times last night in my head that when I saw him line up, I was like, they're going to hand this one off to Johnny Smith. And I wasn't going to be surprised. Right. That's, that's the crazy thing about it, too, is because, like you said, we've seen him do it before. And it like kind of like how the Titans did it a couple years ago when uh, Malarkey put Adore Jackson in at wide receiver, and we hadn't really seen it a whole lot. It didn't really work out, so they kind of moved him back. This one, when they put Johnny back there in the backfield, I wasn't surprised, and I actually thought that they were going to hand the ball off to him for for probably one or two plays. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of felt the same way, um, and and I think you know, in the couple podcasts we've talked about Evans being this gadget receiver, this gadget offensive weapon that we can kind of use there, but I yeah. think they view Johnny that same way, you know, Johnny yeah. at running back, Johnny at fullback, Johnny at H back, Johnny at tight end, like Johnny everywhere. Um, and I think I think that's actually kind of awesome that uh, we I mean we know he has a super unique skill set. Uh, he's an extremely mm-hmm. athletic player, um, and to to have a player of his caliber that can do all those different things uh, and and is is a guy that they have to account for on defense. Um, right. We saw it right. on the first drive where I think it was a twenty two yard uh, bu- bubble that he took. Um, like yep. those kind of things, uh, it, that makes Johnu so valuable to this team. Um, and, you know, I, like you said, I wouldn't have been surprised had he got a few carries at running back last night. And I kind of wanted to see it because mm-hmm. uh, I know that he would make, you know, at least get a few yards. He'd make something happen because he's just that kind of player. Um, yeah. But I think, I think we see that at some point this season for sure. So we're going to play a little game. This is called – what did you like? What did you not like? And we're going to do it a different – we're going to do it a little different. So we're going to do 
who did you like and who did you not like? So individual wise, and then we'll do a team part of it as well as in what did you not like and what did you like? So Chris, you can start us off individual wise. Who did you like on the football field against the Denver Broncos on Monday night for the Titans? I think the most important player out there yesterday for the Tennessee Titans was Jeffrey Simmons. That he was big time. That's a good one. He was he was huge. That that goal line stop is exactly what you want to see from Jeffrey Simmons. We saw him do it last year too. Yep. Uh, he is a guy that is going to uh, a give you everything he's got out there, but b uh, he's going to stonewall some offensive linemen. Yeah. And you know he's he is uh, he is a guy that it's going to take a lot to move him off the ball, and uh, they struggled with it multiple times last mm-hmm. night. Um, I think I think Big Jeff is, is kind of just getting started. Um, and we, we've talked about this before. He is a a guy that can really uh, set the tone of a defense. Yeah. And he is a guy that offensive ha- offenses have to account for. Uh, but he's also a guy that is – the NFL is going to be talked about <laughs> this guy. He's huge. Uh, there's, he's huge. There is no doubt. Uh, I can't wait till he starts getting some, some huge – tackles for loss and, yeah. and some sacks uh, that, that start making some some highlight reels <laughs> because, uh, I mean, this guy this guy is going to be very special. There were a couple goal line plays last night, especially like the fourth, on, fourth down one that you mentioned. As soon as they hit Jeffrey, they didn't even get an inch more forward, which was the whole – which is the big thing. And I, I, what I did like too is you saw guys like Nick Zubner and Will Compton come downfield on those plates as well and assist Jeffrey, which I thought was big time. Yeah, Will, Will Compton just lifted the guy off the ground. <laughs> he did. He uh, did. That was a nice tackle. Very nice tackle. Um, yeah, it was. It was great to see see those uh, those depth guys yeah. step up in that moment. Um, that goal line stand was so reminiscent of, of last year against the Chargers. Oh Chargers. my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's been um, big time. I think they. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they went five straight play, four, maybe in four, five or four or five straight plays. From the one yard line where they didn't gain anything. Correct. Yep, you're correct. Um, which is which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what you want out of a defense. Yeah. Um, but the the fact that guys up front like Big Jeff and and the rest of that squad can can just stonewall a de- or an offense like mm-hmm. that, um, it's it's amazing. It, it was really hard for me to to pick one single person on this. Who did you like? So I'm gonna leave it at two. And, and I won't do that for who did I not like. So do, I'll just do this one for this one only. The first one, I have to give a huge, huge shout out to Corey Davis. And I last night, I expected the Titans to come out and go right after A.J. Brown and force the Broncos to stop A.J. before they used the rest of their weapons. But the Titans ended up going to Corey and then using the rest of their weapons. And it is a huge – because we didn't even know if Corey Davis was going to play. His hamstring was hurt, and about an hour, 30 minutes before kickoff, 30 minutes – is when we knew that Corey Davis was going to be on the football field and playing, and, man, did he show out seven receptions for 101 yards is big time, and he helped the offense out immensely last night. I'm sure you love to see that as well from Corey Davis. I do, um, and I'm sure Austin does too because he yep. predicted Corey to have 1,000 yards. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, it was, it's great to see. Uh, contract Corey uh, is, is what I was calling him <laughs> last night. He is uh, – he was – and you know, I never once looked at the guy and thought, "Man, he's hurt." Like no. he looked, he looked like he was giving 100 percent effort, uh, and he clearly was. I mean, he he was making play after play out there. Uh, you know, I think the key thing is he, like you said, he was, had seven receptions for 101 yards. That's 14 yards carry mm-hmm. per catch. 
um, that's solid. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, if we get the production of AJ that we got last year, obviously had a slow start last night, but uh, he's, he seemed to be uh, kind of the focal point yeah. of the defense. Uh, out Which there, I don't blame out, Denver out for that. Oh, absolutely not. And, um, but, but to get that kind of production out of, out of Corey, uh, it, it bodes well for A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, the, you know, if, if we get to a point where, you know, you can't, you can't double team AJ or right. or you can't shadow AJ that sort of thing uh, because Corey's out there and uh, you know I think that three headed monster wide receiver uh, is only it, it it's going to be exceptional with a guy like Corey playing up to his ability. And we we've talked about that too a couple of times about how the Titans have never had a one two three receiver punch at wide receiver like this before, going A.J., Corey, and then now Adam Humphreys. And I think it'll bounce around from game to game about who has the biggest game because all three of them still still played a role in the game last night. Adam came in probably in the second, third quarters when he started really producing, then A.J. in the, in the third and fourth quarters. But the other guy that I really liked last night, and this is somebody that we've talked about a whole lot, and it's who the whole NFL is talking about a whole lot, is to me is Jadavion Clowney. And I think you knew that that was coming. But we talked about we talked about before, and and I try to hold off a lot on the the national media spectrum of who everybody talks about. But last night to me, it was just so obvious about the help that he brought to this defense. And we've heard on and on and on about how how he he's just a wrecking ball. And I I noticed last night that it, it probably the entire first quarter, half the second quarter, I was like, man, Clowney's back there in the back there on every single. He's not making an attack on every single play. He's not getting the big hit on every single play, but he's at least there around the ball. And that's what I noticed. And we've we heard that Clowney is a disruptor of the offensive line and of the football. And I think that's exactly what we saw last night, whether it's blitz, dropping back, or coming off the edge, forcing them, forcing them to go to the other side towards Big Jeff or to Daquan and not towards Clowney. Just the disruptor of the football is what we heard about Jadavion, and I think that's exactly what we got last night. Yeah, uh, he was, he was uh, in on every play early on uh, for sure. Uh, that first, that first uh, Broncos offensive drive, uh, it felt like he was in on every play. Yep. Um, and that's that's exactly what we want for Clowney. Uh, I do think by the end of the game he was probably worn down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like going into that game with only three outside linebackers. Yeah. I did think that the fourth was going to be Rashawn Evans taking some offensive linebacker or outside linebacker snaps. Sorry, uh, but. That clearly did wasn't, <laughs> was not wasn't feasible because he right. got ejected. Um, so uh, you know, I hope next game we we go into with four outside linebackers to to make sure some of these guys are getting a breather. Hopefully, Vic um, should be added onto the roster as well. Right, and and you know, Landry. We talked. You know, the the staff talked about it. We as fans talked about it. Landry got way too many snaps last year, mm-hmm. um, and he got a lot last night too. And you know that I just. Those guys need those. Those guys are going, going hard, and they need they need breathers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not, those are not the guys you want in on every snap. You know, it's one thing to have a Kevin Byard uh, or Kenny Picaro playing every snap, or even a Jayon Brown. Uh, those guys are are more than capable of playing 100 percent of the snaps, but um, you don't want that out out of out of the Clownies and Landrys of the world. You want you want them to be able to get get breaks so that when they are out there. They're making making things happen, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, Cl- Clowney was uh, Clowney was exceptional. I thought, uh, considering he 
signed with the team a week ago. Yeah. Um, had had one real practice. Um, it's just uh, the and I think he even said um, to the media that um, he didn't really know all the all the things that were going on. He was asking questions and getting you know teammates were pointing him in the right direction right, right. and that sort of thing, uh, which is obviously uh, something he'll he'll start to grasp more mm-hmm. um, over the next few weeks. So. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. I think Clowney was very impressive. Um, I wish he would have got credit for a sack on yep. on that where Drew Lock dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it was it was awesome to watch him out there. So now the second part of it is who did you not like last night? And and you mentioned it earlier. I'll I'll, I'll take this one because you mentioned it earlier, and it's it's who exactly what I was going to say, and mine was Khalif Raymond. Um, I, I the Titans didn't open the open the the floodgates as much as I thought they would. They didn't go downfield as much as I thought they would last night. And normally we see one or two of those two Khalif Raymond down the field like we did in Baltimore last year in the playoffs. But he just looked confused out there to me. He he, I, he was fine on the punt and kicking returns. He made a couple good returns last night. But other than that, he just looked confused last night. And like you said on on the bad throw from Adam from excuse me from Ryan Tannehill. It looked like there's some confusion on there, even though Tannehill should not have thrown it. But even on his other routes, you mentioned a couple of drops. He just looked confused out there and definitely looks like he needs a little bit more time getting him work as the fourth wide receiver. Yeah, he was actually going to be mine too. Um, he's, it's, uh, it's really disappointing, uh, I think, for, for a guy that was pretty hyped uh, through the offseason program to, uh, to come in and look as lost as he looked. Um, you know, he, you mentioned he, he did some good things on punt return, but he really only had one good punt return. Uh, mm-hmm. He had an 11-yarder, um, which is which is a solid punt return, but uh, the other two went for eight total. Um, so he, he really wasn't spectacular in, in regards to any part of his game last night. Um, his one kickoff return, I remember, um, didn't even make it past the 20, and I think he picked it up at the, at the two- or three-yard line. Yeah. Um, so he just looked, uh, he looked very, uh, very lost, um, very indecisive. Um, and, and I mean, it's, it's one thing to see that out of the, the fourth wide receiver. It's another to see it out of your kick and punt returner. Right. Um, you know, you, you have to be decisive on those sort of, uh, sort of opportunities, uh, and you know those are those uh, depth wide receivers are guys that aren't always on the field. Exactly. Uh, so you you need to make the most of those opportunities. And the fact that he didn't uh, and had you know what I count as three solid opportunities to to do something, mm-hmm. uh, two targets, and then the one that ended up being the interception nullified by a penalty. Um, it's just it's it's difficult to see a guy. Um, uh, not not make the most of that right okay so looking at the team side of it and not individual and we'll start with what we didn't like i'll let you go first on this one this time team aspect team spectrum what did you not like on the field on monday night i'm gonna take the easy route with this one and talk about uh special teams (laughs) uh primarily the field goal unit um Yep. I think I texted you guys last night, you know, it, after the third missed field goal. Uh, it, it's either that we have been cursed uh, and are just completely mm-hmm. unlucky, or there's a s- systemic issue that, that needs to be fixed with this 
field goal unit. Um, the fact that we're now on our sixth kicker uh, in the last in the last year, uh, and he missed three field goals last night, and we know that he's never done that in his NFL career. Um, yep. an, an NFL career that that is a very long, um, illustrious career. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's disheartening to to see it continue to manifest itself that way. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know that it's uh, – it, it it, I don't know that it's an issue with the actual unit itself or if we're just unlucky, but something's got to give one way. And it gave – it obviously gave a little bit last night whenever he made the game win a field goal. Uh, right, right. We, we, I, you know, you do kind of have to mention that. He did redeem himself and, and come back and, uh, and, and make the, the winning – game-winning field goal. But – Mm-hmm. There, there's something clearly wrong with that unit. But well, they, as they was mentioned last night multiple times, he's had five separate seasons where he's missed four or less kicks in the entire season, and he came out last night in the first game of the season and missed four right away. Yeah, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, and you know that does include the extra point, but right, and and extra points are are much more difficult than they were, you know, a few years ago mm-hmm. uh, once they got moved back, but. That's just like I said. That's just not something you see out of him. Uh, I do. Mm-hmm. I think it was the extra point where Bo Brinkley's snap was just awful. Um, mm-hmm. Brett Kern was able to get it down, but not in a way that that you know they typically want uh, want that ball right. to land. So um, it's uh, it, it it's a uh, the pieces of around around Goskowski have to be better as well. Uh, but you know, hopefully, we don't see that kind of right. Failure out of Goskowski again. Uh, I'll kind of go a different aspect just so we can have some diversity here. So I think everybody could talk about the special teams, as, as you noted. I'm going to go with – I wasn't a fan of, of kind of how sloppy it was in the very beginning. Uh, there were a couple plays where the, Titan, the Titans had a false start, and then they had a delay game, then they had another delay game later on. It's just – and then Rashawn Evans throwing the punch, the open-hand punch to the, to the head and neck area. It was a little sloppy for me. And I understand that, there, that there's no preseason and camp was a little delayed with how everything was going on. And I get that. But it's just something that you still just don't like to see as, as, as a whole. A couple, and the Titans, they did get better throughout the game. So you have to give credit where credit is due. They got better throughout the game in, in all aspects. But just, just the sloppiness and a little bit of the slow start is something that I, I didn't really expect to see from this offense from the defense as well. Yeah, um... You know, we were uh, a top ten team in, in least penalties last year. Uh, I think the year before we were we were even better than that. Um, mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel teams are are very disciplined, uh, and yes. they didn't come out that way last night. Um, but you know that that could have a lot to do with not having a preseason and this being the first game and the right. altitude and um, obviously being on the road with that with that altitude and all of that. You know, there's there's a lot of factors I guess that that could have impacted it. Uh, I think the big thing is don't let it happen again. Um, Agreed. Agreed. I do want to to note that uh, out of all those penalties we did have, none of them were on Taylor Lewan, um, <laughs> exactly. which is great. You know, that's exactly. that's what we want from right. that guy. Uh, I think he even tweeted last night and said hashtag no penalties. Um, <laughs> so so that's that was good to see. Uh, he was disciplined. Um, it, it was also good to see him come back. Uh, come back out there from that injury. Um, 
that was that was mm-hmm. worrisome at first to see him holding his knee, but uh, he came back out there and he and he, uh, he played well. Uh, side note: While I'm on that topic, I don't know if you noticed this, but it really seemed like the rest of the offensive line stepped it up whenever Lawan went out. They did, um, and, and I, I don't think that's an indictment of Lawan. I think that's that's if anything a um, a, a respect a respectfulness Compliment. toward Lawan in that. Yeah, those guys realized, oh, our, our starting left tackles out. We've got to step up, um, and I did. Mm-hmm. I do think they they did. Um, uh, Tyson Brillo, is that how you say his name? Tyson Brillo. He came yep. back. He came out there and and I think held it down uh, pretty well while Lamont was mm-hmm. out. But the rest of those guys started moving the pile, uh, and I thought that it was really good to see because yeah. it continued after Lamont came back in. So. Uh, even yeah, more proof that it's not an indictment of Luan. Um but I really thought that that we saw some some uh, some players step up in that moment, which was good. Yeah, big big props to the offensive line. One thing that that I absolutely loved to see from the team last night, and and this gives major major credits to Arthur Smith and the offensive game plan as well, is we mentioned earlier that the Titans had 32 minutes and 40 seconds, basically 33 minutes time of possession. The Titans had 78 total plays, and we've mentioned 15 to 20 more. I don't know what the exact number was that Denver had earlier. I saw it, but I don't remember what it was. The Titans had more plays than Denver, way more plays than Denver on offense. But the big part of it to me was the Titans did it on less drives than Denver did. The Titans only had 10 offensive drives the entire game. Denver had 11. And Denver had less plays on offense they had less first downs they had less time of possession on more drives and more opportunities than the Titans did as a whole and I thought that was huge for Arthur Arthur Smith Ryan Tannehill and the rest of the offensive game plan yeah oh absolutely um you know I thought uh I thought the uh the offense's uh long drives uh were huge um wish we could have come out of several of them with points when we didn't uh but the fact that we were able to to come out there and and run those a double digit drives uh, is, is something that we need to be able to do this season. So uh, I, I think Denver's got a pretty good defense, uh, especially in that front seven. Yeah. Uh, even without Vaughn Miller, you know, I think it's a really good front seven. So um, to, to see uh, the offense be able to sustain drives uh, for, for that length of time and those that many plays uh, was huge. Yeah. Your, uh, Chris, your second victory, Broadway Sports. Your second victory MVP from Monday night in Denver. Who is it? That's a good question. Uh, I think I'm going to go back to to the player that I said was my 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 favorite player of the game, and that was Jeffrey Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm going to split it. I'm going to say Jeffrey Simmons on defense, uh, and and Derrick Henry on offense. Yeah, uh, that that guy fought for every yard that he got. I felt like. Um, he made a couple of plays in the passing game, um, and and he was he was that that uh, that guy that is the face of the franchise type guy that we we want him to be. Uh, right. Came out of there with over a hundred yards uh, after only having twenty eight in the same place last year. Um, that that's huge. Um, so I, I'm, I'm giving a uh, co MVP to two Derek game balls, and, two and game balls, round of applause for yeah, both of them. Exactly. That's the, that's the Chris Carter second victory MVP segment right there. <laughs> so, so kind of looking to kind of looking to next week. The Titans are they're back in Nashville. 
Uh, we saw Denver had 500 fans last night. The Titans are kind of tinkering to see if they can do kind of do the same thing on Sunday. But the Titans are home against Jacksonville. Jacksonville, a surprise win at home against the Indianapolis Colts, 27 to 20. One thing that really stood out to me in that game was the Colts dominated the box score. More total yards, more rushing yards, more time for possession. They had two more penalties, or I'm sorry, one more penalty. But the big thing in that one was Phillip Rivers had two interceptions. Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew only threw one interception. I don't know if you saw that. Or, I'm sorry, one incompletion. 19 of 20 for, I think it was 173 yards and three touchdowns was Gardner Minshew on Sunday. 95% completion rate. Exactly. I mean, that is, that is huge. And which is, that, which is also interesting because I don't know if you saw this, but the Colts have allowed two 95-plus uh, percentage passers is, in the last three games, I think. Which is crazy. Uh, Drew Brees did it at the end of the season against them last year. Yeah. And, and Jacksonville is doing all this with an undrafted free agent as their starting running back. So, so a huge win. It kind of almost – I mean, do you call it, I mean, maybe a statement win for Jacksonville because everybody is saying that, they're, that they are probably going to be the first overall pick. But they are moving now into Nashville on Sunday. What do you have to see for the Titans to get to 2-0? Um, so, first of all, I just want to say in regards to the, the Jags-Colts game, uh, I think it's more of an indictment against the Colts uh, than it is that the Jags are good. Um, I, I said on our prediction podcast, I don't think the Colts are, are going to be anything special. Uh, I think that is a extremely overrated team. Uh, it has a solid offensive line. We know that. Uh, I don't think Phillip Rivers is going to make a difference there. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think the Jags are, are good. Uh, I just think the Colts aren't. aren't. Um, I think that uh, if we correct the mistakes that we made, uh, which we know that this team is capable of, we know we know what these guys can do. If we if we correct those mistakes and come into this game um, as a team without making boneheaded decisions, uh, such as punching a guy, yeah. um, <laughs> punching a guy with the helmet on, uh, let's state that. Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, I mean, it's going to hurt your hand more than it hurts. Right. And key contributors step up, um, then I, I think we come out of there with, with an easy win. I, I, I definitely think that the Titans will most likely get the 2-0. Um, I think that there is a good chance that we see a lot of balls through the air on Sunday because it's kind of a little inexperienced Jacksonville defense. The secondary is very, very young. You did mention before, you, we texted about it last night, about they do have some, some good, good young corners they're on the outside of the football, and, and that was noted in the Indianapolis game as well. But I think this one just comes down to playmakers, and the Titans, in this one at least, will just have more of them. Darrington Evans, we, we don't know if he'll be back. We hope that he'll be back. But you have Darrington Evans and Derrick Henry, and you can he's, spread the He's not there. on IR, exactly. which is, that's a good sign. Exactly. So, so there's a chance he can come back. Like, we can't see a Dory Jackson until week four. So, but he's not on IR, so the ch- there's a chance we can see him get into the game on third down. Johnny Smith, ASAP Furt, Michael Pruitt, and then all the receivers we saw get in there last night. And there, we're not writing Khalif off at all. There's, there's a great chance that Khalif comes back and he has a great game because we know what of a downhill, downfield threat he is. So on Sunday, I think that this one just comes down to the Titans are probably going to have more playmakers on the field at a time than Jacksonville will. And Jacksonville, like we said, Gardner Minshew played good last week. 
the Titans are going to have to attack him in some sort of way. That's going to be the big thing because only one incompletion, you don't see that every week. But Gardner Mitchell, he's not a bad quarterback. We saw that last year too. He knows how to move the ball around the football field. So the Titans are going to have to be careful on defense. But ultimately, I think it comes down to the fact that the Titans are going to have more playmakers on the field throughout the entire game than Jacksonville will. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think we both agree that a 95% completion rate is not sustainable. Uh, and, <laughs> and he won't have that against the Titans. Uh, if he does, then uh, I'll, I'll never be on the podcast again because uh, <laughs> it's just it's just not it's not feasible. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, and I, I think we we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that uh, Clowney will be have another week in the system. Um, yep. But Chris Jackson now has a, a, a slight start under his belt. Yes. Um, yep. Christian Fulton now has uh, a game under his belt of some playing time. Jonathan Joseph now has, uh, has a start in this system. So that secondary uh, will hopefully be even better next week. Um, hopefully we'll have Rashawn Evans back. We don't know yet. Yep. Uh, there is still yep. the chance that he could be uh, suspended for a game. I know there's been some – I heard some talk that they don't expect uh, that he'll be suspended, but you never know with the NFL. Um, and if he is, I'd much rather be now than, than in week three and four against Minnesota and Pittsburgh. Very true. Very true. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I said it earlier, I don't love the thought of Will Compton being the guy out there um, j- just because his, the skill level between him and Rashawn is it's a drastic drop. Uh, at, at the inside linebacker position, um, and so you know, I hope uh, I hope Rashawn's out there just for just for our sake, just for the defense's right. sake. Right. Uh, Will did a good job of getting everybody lined up, though. I will say he did. Um, he wore he wore the green dot when he played for the Raiders last year. Yeah, that's right. Um, and and you know that's a that's an offensive head coach trusting. Trusting Will Compton with the green dot too. Right. Uh, this is this is Rabel, who's a defensive head coach, trusting Compton with the, with the green dot. Um, right. So I think that does speak volumes about his his leadership ability. Uh, and I do also want to point out that uh, it was reported that he, uh, whenever Goskowski was twenty feet away from the rest of the team, he went over and just gave him a hug. Um, yep. And oh, and I think still got it. I think that that not only shows um, that. Compton has those leadership abilities, but his emotional IQ is off the charts. Um, we, <laughs> you can listen to his podcast and know that, but uh, to, to know that a guy is as emotionally struggling uh, with, with something that's never happened to him uh, in, it, in his long career, uh, to go over there and just, just know that, you know, it's, it's something as simple as a hug uh, could, could right. it, you know, maybe even put a smile on his face or, or just kind of uh, give, give him a little hope, uh, to, to let him know that he's not letting his team down, that he can still redeem himself, that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> that, I thought that was awesome uh, and really cool yep. that Compton did that. Um, but, you know, I think, like, like I was saying, I think having, having these defensive guys with another week in the system, um, having these offensive guys hopefully shaking some of that rust off from not having preseason and, and uh, a very uh, – um, interesting uh, training camp experience that they never really <laughs> yeah. have, have gone through. Uh, you know, I, I, I think next week should be a lot cleaner of a game from us, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, th- I think it's a win as long as those things happen. So, so 
we, we did it last week. We didn't do a, a final game prediction, but we did make predictions about what we thought would happen during the game. So, Chris. I'm pretty sure we got them all wrong. We, we uh, cause I, my, <laughs> my first one was the Titans open up and score on the first drive of the game, and we know that didn't happen. So, but right. so we'll go one offense and one defense for this week. And, uh, Chris, you started off with the offense on this one. So, <clears throat> I think we have both AJ and Corey Davis with 100 yards receiving this week. I like that one. I like that um, one. You, you know, as long as um, – I'm assuming Corey came out of that game healthy. I don't think he hurt his hamstring anymore. He played he played like a guy that wasn't hurt at all. So, um, you know, I think this offense is going to click a little more next week. Uh, I think AJ is going to uh, want to redeem himself from a, a what, 38-yard, 39-yard yeah. game, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, he's a he's a guy that that doesn't set well with him. Right, uh, you can just tell by his attitude. So, um, I th- I think both he and Corey top 100 next week. I'm gonna go with. I like how you said the offense is gonna click a little bit more because I think so too, and I think that's why I'm gonna say that the offense puts up 24 plus points on the board. We they put up 16 last night, and they put up 16 points last night, and we talked about how they were struggling a little bit. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that about the Titans offense. We used to say, hey, the Titans struggled. They got beat, you know, 20 to 6 and, and, and 17 to 3. Now we can say they, that they struggled and they're still putting up 14 plus points. So when they click a little bit more, I'm going to say that the Titans put up 24 plus points on Sunday against Jacksonville and Nashville. Defensive wise at Nissan Stadium, I'm going to say that the Titans get at least three sacks. And Jadavion Clowney gets his first official sack as a Tennessee Titan. I think that's a great call. Um, and I think that would be huge uh, to, to really start rattling uh, Minshew a little bit. Um, I'm going to say, since he only threw one incompletion next week, or last week, <laughs> I'm going to say he throws two interceptions this week. Ooh, I like that. Uh, I like that. And I'm going to say Kevin Byer gets at least one of them. I was going to say, uh, he almost, anybody specific or just two picks? Yeah, Kevin Byer gets one of them. That's the only one I'm going to call a specific person on. He almost yeah. had one last night. He was um, close. He was and, very close. And, and uh, he had that forced fumble. Um, he's just a guy that's always always ready to make a play, and I think he makes one. He's a ball one. hawk. He really yeah. is. I think he makes one yeah. on, on Sunday. Titans playing for the division Sunday in Nashville. Chris, you and I both think that they get to 2-0 and and a very good chance of it. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, yeah. I don't. I don't foresee this team losing to the Jags. I mean, we crazier stuff has happened. Um, <laughs> but this is. But this in, is a, in Nashville, though, it's a different story against the it's, Jags. It's a different story, in yeah. History. And it's and it's a uh, it's a situation where this team um, is can't be happy with their performance. They know they're capable of more. Um, so I, I I don't foresee a loss. No. It's a, it's a, it's a two and zero start in my opinion. I think I'm right there with you. So Sunday, Nashville, Tennessee is the location. Nissan Stadium, a noon kickoff. Titans one and zero. Jacksonville one and zero. Both playing for the division. For Brett Batcher, that's Chris Carter. We'll see you again here with Austin next time on the Second Victory Podcast. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is where you can go to find it on Twitter. Second Victory. Facebook, Second Victory, Instagram, Second Victory. For Brett, for Chris, tighten up. Tighten up.